Welcome to Self Taught, where former foster youth like myself share our real life experiences with sex, health, and life. <laughs> Hosted by the Reproductive Health Equity Project, these are some conversations we wish we'd had earlier. Thank you guys for coming for our big season finale where we wanted to talk about parenting and reparenting by bringing some of y'all former foster youth who are now present parents and figure you guys are the subject matter experts. I was kind of hoping each one of you would take a turn telling us just who you are and like what your family looks like, which is a really loaded question from the get-go, but just do, do the best you can. Um, Felicia, would you would you start for us? Of course. Um, I'm Felicia and um, I would say my family is different. So I raised my three siblings and I just had my first child of my own. And with my siblings being uh, 10, 12, and 15, and my son being eight months, it's really different, like raising my siblings from childhood, but also having my infant son. I never thought uh, the things that I would experience with him because I felt like I did it with my siblings, but it's just completely different. So that's nice. Um, Tamar. Hi, I'm Tamar. I would say that my family is also one that has lots of statistics that can be viewed as negative. Um, I was in foster care and then I got pregnant when I was 15. So I've been a parent ever since then. And I'm also a first-generation college student. So navigating being a young parent, going through school, still going through school as my son is now currently facing those challenges as he just started kindergarten this year, um, and also being impacted by the foster care system. I think that a lot of people would kind of view that and go like, whoa, like that's a lot, you know? But for me, it's taught me a lot just about perseverance and strength and how to raise your kids to grow up with that as well. And I guess I should answer the question too. Um, I'm Kat and my family is also sort of wonky looking and I have lots of people that I would call family, but in its most simple form, I think my family is my, my grandma who pretty much raised me and my older brother and <clears throat> I count my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she's, I don't have a, a child, but she's the closest that I can get to relating with y'all. So that's, that's my fur baby. It's not at all the same thing, but that's <laughs> the best I can do. Um, so yeah, before we, I guess, get too much into the thick of it, I guess I should give everyone a chance to kind of define what reparenting is. Reparenting is pretty much what it sounds like, but instead of parenting someone else, you're reparenting yourself. You're filling in the gaps that for whatever reason, someone wasn't able to do that for you, for yourself as a child, who's now your inner child. Um, that part of you is still there and you need to kind of nurture yourself in that way so that you can show up to be your best self for whoever it is that relies on you. And in your cases, probably your kids. I think that I agree, Kat, that is really what it's about and making sure that you're healing kind of like your inner child and making sure that all those things that are lacking are there so that you can show up for your child's inner child as they're in their formative years. Um, I agree. I think that reparenting is so important for yourself and for your kids, you know, and making sure that not only what was lacking, but still remembering to take the good things and reshape them and transform them into something better. I definitely agree. Um, 
like growing up with my mom not being present as she should have been, I definitely take a lot of things with a pinch of salt from her. So for my idea of reparenting is more also like finding my own style of parenting because I didn't have like um, a good or even an example of parenting. So making my own um, style is like my my way. From what I do know of you, I think that's part of what makes you really inspiring is that you, both of y'all just really have your heart in it. Like I can tell that you guys really do everything you can to be there for your kiddos. And I know that you are very competent. So I know that you're good parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I wanted to give each of you guys a chance to answer this next question about um, how much do you share with your, or Felicia, when your baby's a little bit older, maybe how much will you be open to sharing about like your background and how much do you or don't try to protect them from their, I guess, history, your history, not theirs. I don't know. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, so with my siblings, um, I've raised them since I was 12 and my sister uh, is now 15. So I was growing up with her at the same time. So I feel like we grew up together because I was still a child and I've shared a lot with her. Um, as I got older and the uh, 12 year old now and the 10 year old, I share things with them, but I definitely add a brightness to it. So they're not afraid of the world, but I still want them to know like things that could go wrong and things like people can be scary. Like monsters are people, not, you know, not these shadows in the dark, but I share a lot with them. I, I do keep, you know, the two traumatic things out, but yeah, share everything. And my son, I think, I think it's going to be different because I'm such a happier person now that I'm an adult and I'm so like, I'm different now, you know, being like being in college and um, having a better education. I don't think so much of my dark past. So I don't know how much I would share with him. So that's really interesting. Thank you, Felicia, for sharing that. I really liked what you said about like monsters or people. I think that's a really important lesson that a lot of us realize a little too young. Um, for me personally, I also think sharing is really important with your kids. I learned in one of my classes being in college, which is interesting because they say the more um, access you have to education, the more you're going to kind of shift your perspective on the world and how you treat people. One of my professors had told me a lot of stories about how children tend to kind of follow in with what their parents never told them. Um, examples of this could be literally just as serious as a parent experiencing a specific situation and then the kids kind of asking these questions and then never being answered and then acting it out themselves because they're curious it's like this strange like subconscious trauma that's actually been proven through psychology therapy um, so for me I a lot I've had a lot of situations happen with me similar to that which I will share later but I think that it's important to share with your kids enough to make sure that they don't feel like they don't know you. I think that it's a huge issue with um, understanding your parents is really, do you know them? You know, like your kids are like almost, they should not your friend, but they kind of should have that relationship where they're going to trust you with things where they're not going to hide from you. Cause if they view you as like a dictator in the house, you know, they're not going to actually come to you when they're struggling and when they're facing situations that they can't handle. And I think your role as a parent 
isn't just to, you know, like feed house and um, punish them, you know, for bad behavior. But I think it's supposed to be, you know, be a confident for your kids because you're going to be the one that they're going to look at to treat people in their future relationships. Oh my God. I love that. Sorry. I'm just going to add, because with my sister being in high school now, she's like going through these things with her friends and she'll be like, he's not my friend anymore. And he's my friend again. And now like, sometimes she's stuck in her head and I'm like, you can share with me. And she'll feel like, she's like, you don't understand, you know, and I'll have to share a story with her when I was in high school. And, and then she'll go, okay, well, let me tell you. And then we get into it, she opens up and then I'm able to help her. So I definitely agree with that. Them knowing who you are is a big thing. That's awesome. That's super powerful. Tamar, um, are, would you be able to think of a, an example of what you're talking about with like what you were saying before? I think you were speaking to the idea of like this generational trauma that people are reliving without knowing it. And it sounded like you were saying by sharing what that generational trauma is, is the way to be aware of it and to kind of break that cycle. Could you, I mean, it could be in your own life or just um, theoretical example of how that might play out. Yeah. So I grew up so complicated, but in um, short story. So basically I grew up with my mom when I was very little and then I was placed in a foster care and then placed back with my dad. And my dad was never really like in our house, like my parents, it's kind of crazy. They're still not divorced. They're still married legally because I don't even know, but I haven't seen her since I was taken when I was, I believe eight or nine. And my dad is still in her life. He, a whole thing. She's sober now, but she was essentially a drug addict. And um, growing up, like there was just a lot of things. I grew up in a very religious household and I'm not saying that um, religion is good or bad, you know, I'm staying neutral with that. But from that experience, because of their beliefs that were really heavily pushed on me, a lot of things were not shared about my parents' past that I think kind of influenced my choices later on. Um, just growing up with, in the household I did and in the education I had, it was very like, everything is bad in the world. Like people are evil. Like, you know, music is evil. TV is evil, just very extreme. Yeah. And I thought kind of my parents were saints, but then coming home every night, you know, there was so much abuse going on and, uh, you know, like not having my dad really live with us, but then be in the home at the same time and just being there, but not, and then seeing what my mom was doing was very confusing to me as a child and eventually being placed with my father, the same thing, like kind of shadowing over everything that happened to me when I was younger and acting as if like, that wasn't my life. Like that was just kind of like a you know, metaverse, like it's not really there. Um, and then just kind of like the hypocrisy, but at the same time, I realized he was just trying to not overshare because he was so scared, I think, of that type of stuff. And then I come to find out, you know, my parents were pretty crazy when they were younger, you know, like um, my mom, actually her mom was a teen parent and I had no idea. And she had, she was in foster care and she never really knew her parents. You know, her dad had passed away when she was two, he was shot um, and her mom has been homeless ever since. I think she recently passed away, but um, my my actual grandma, you know, like um, had a lot of mental illness. So there's a lot of these things that never really happened the, to me. Like I didn't realize they actually happened, you know, and then come to find out, I literally become a teen parent later, you know, like 
no one talked to me about protection, no one talked to me about these things. And I always kind of felt like there was something off and come to find out that. And with my dad, he grew up in a relatively normal family. Um, my grandparents on his side were like the only people that were really there for me when I was a kid. So by the paternal grandparents I had, but he was pretty crazy himself. He was a musician and he had a lot of just drugs and a lot of his friends had passed away and he was expelled from school and just all these things he never told me. And I always thought my dad was like, not what he actually was. And I ended up being expelled when I was in junior high. And he had not even told me that until I got expelled. He's like, oh, like I was too, you know? And I always felt this weird like correlation with my dad. And I was like, what, you know, I kind of had a feeling so he would never talk about his education. He was never, you know, it was really strange. And just, I've had a lot of friends pass away too from similar circumstances and just a lot of things that happened in my parents' life almost exactly had happened in mine or I would kind of like almost strive to have the same experience as, experiences as them. So when I found out in that one college class last year that that happens more often and it's not like this weird like um, thing in my life, you know, but it happens in a lot of people's lives. And my professor shared, cause she was um, a part-time professor. So she's a therapist too. And she was just sharing all the people in her um, office that had come in and had almost the same things happen. I felt so heard. So I think it's important to talk to your kids really. <laughs> yeah, it's a risk because, oh, if I talk to my kid about how I got expelled in, in uh, junior high or I was doing drugs and stuff, now all of a sudden you're normalizing it and like, oh, maybe that's an acceptable behavior because my role model did it. But then at the same time, here's the opposite risk is you don't say I made these mistakes and like, here's the consequences that I faced. Maybe, you know, make your own choice. So that's tough. You know, what's super weird is um, <clears throat> you guys might not know this. My name is not actually Kat um, and Kat is not short for anything. It's a completely fictional name that I made up when I was, well, I didn't make it up. I copied it from this somebody else. And I just was like, I really want to be like this girl. And at summer camp and I like stole her identity when I was like 10 and I didn't think about this or I didn't know this until like years later and somebody asked me like what my mom's name was and I was like shit it's Catherine I don't think she ever went by cat but I was like what are the odds of that because I don't know right? my mom I haven't yeah <laughs> so maybe it's a coincidence but maybe it's one of those weird things like um tomorrow's talking about oh, just connected yeah 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 super weird and everyone from my family that I have met says I look just like her which was kind of spooky but yeah <laughs> weird um I wanted to ask Tamar maybe just kind of a this is kind of a speed round but what do you commit to do or not do as a parent uh, for me it's really just making sure that my son's feelings are met and I know like nowadays a lot of people you know think that could be too gentle or whatever but I really think that gentle parenting is really important and I can see that because my father is still in my life and my son's life and you know like he still kind of does things that he did with me and I'm just like no like that's not okay you know and it's really hard because I he's really the only family I have so you know this really tricky relationship um and you know, I try to understand that he's also a lot older, you know, he was raised personally from World War II parents. So, you know, like my grandparents, like this is like normally people's great, great, great grandparents, but, you know, like my grandparents literally were alive at that time. So I was raised by like 
basically war veteran people. So just that toughness, you know, and it's really hard. And I think that just kind of telling him, like, you need to be gentle with kids, you know, like they're children, like, and children, I think, see too much of how awful the world really is. So yeah, like Felicia, you said, like making sure they still see that brightness. And I agree, like, I probably wouldn't have said this when I was like in high school. And thank God my son was young, because I was just, you know, really, really bitter, like really angry, and I'm less angry now. So I think that making sure your kids see that it missed everything that's in the world and in your own life, like you're going to still shine through all of that so that they can feel confident too. Yeah, thanks. Um, Felicia, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I I would commit to listening to them. Um, like your gentle parenting tour, that's so cute because I'm... Okay, with my siblings, I'm kind of like a little bit strict, but growing up, I didn't have any routines. I was always trying to find something, looking for something. So with my siblings and my son, I try to put in a routine um, and still be like gentle about it. But sometimes like with them being teens and preteens, you got to like put your foot down, like, no, this is what you're going to do. And they still try you. So I'm like going through that, this is what's happening. And then, okay, let me hear you and hear why. So I'm definitely like trying to um, hear what, why they feel like they should have certain things or why it should be this way. Like my siblings, for example, their bedtime, oh my gosh, they can give me the longest speech on why they should get an extra 30 minutes. And I let them give it to me. And then I say, well, thank you for that speech. That was your 30 minutes bedtime. (laughs) So I'm working on the gentle parenting and I agree, like it's rough. And finding that, like letting them be kids and letting them have that no worries because once you become an adult, life is all about worries and stuff. So, yeah. I wanted to, ask both of you guys to talk about kind of these like maybe toxic ideas that are maybe true or maybe not true about parenting and specifically being parenting in like our type of situation you know um I don't know which one to to toss this to Felicia do you have anything you want to start with (laughs) I would say spoiling your child Um, when my sister was little and I was 12 and she was new um, my mom had this thing of like put her down don't pick her up when she cries Uh, let her cry it out you know and I never felt like that was okay like she cries I want to run so I don't do that with my son if he fusses I I come for him immediately I'm like what can we do he's nine months and he's already throwing tantrums And I'll be like, wait, is this because I start second guessing if it's because I, you know, don't let him cry it out. But then um, when I ask him, like, I'll say, what, what do you want? Where do you want to go? You know, he shows me. And so then I'm like, okay, um, I don't believe that you can spoil a baby or um, give them too much attention. There's unfortunately not a super conclusive rule book that we have on what the best way to do parenting is. So it's so hard. Yeah. And I think the best thing you can do is just, I'm, let me tell you the best thing, right? <laughs> like I know, <laughs> but the best thing you can do is just go with your gut. Cause I feel like you know better than anybody. So yeah. You know what, Kat, though, when you have an animal, they're just like, I have doggies 
And they're just like kids, except they can't talk. So you actually have to pay more attention to them because they can't tell you like, I don't feel well, right? You just have to like look in their eyes and go, oh, something's not right. Like pay attention to the character. So I like you have an understanding. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think my dog is special among dogs, but yeah. Um, Tamar, how about you? Oh my gosh. Um, I agree. I think that just going back on really, you know, like the age appropriateness of things, you know, like babies are going to be a lot different, have different needs and like a preteen and a teenager and an adult, like people think that parenting stops when your kids are 18, like it doesn't or shouldn't, you know, like if you're bringing a life into this world, like I said, you're kind of like they're confident, like you're their mentor, you know, like that doesn't just end. But I think that some toxic things I mean I personally think that every parent should just have like I don't know like take a child development class when they're pregnant you know like oh we have, God, like, have like yeah. different classes available I'm like they should like add in like child development like really they should but um <laughs> I think that just making sure that you're not doing things that make you feel wrong you know like things in your childhood like Cat, like, even though you, you know, don't have a child right now, like, you still have the understanding of what you grew up with, you know, like, I think everyone is really equipped to be a parent, like, it's in our DNA, you know, as, especially women, like, we were kind of, tep- you know, um, genetically meant for this, so I think that everyone has those things in them, you know, like, just because you don't have that right now, like, you still know, you know, like, you went through trauma in your childhood, you went through good things and grief, and I think that, I have a lot of friends, you know, because I'm young, so none of my friends really have kids. Like, I know people's kids, but I'm friends with people who primarily don't, which can be interesting at times, you know, because they just don't understand, but they're really supportive. And um, I've had a lot of them say, yeah, like, they're so scared because of their trauma or, like, because of the bad things that have happened to them. And I'm always just like, like, girl, like, you know, if you look at my life, you know, a lot of my friends I have aren't from my childhood, so they don't know what I really went through, because I'm pretty private about it, but I'm like, trust me, like, you're, you, you'll be fine, and I think that just, like, I don't know, like, people now have such a negativity about parenting and, like, having children, I think that that's a really important conversation to realize, like, you know, like, if you want to have kids, like, you shouldn't stop just because you're so afraid of, like, what your parents said to you, you know, like, you have the power to make a beautiful life if that's what you want, and I think that yeah, there's so much, like, toxicity, like, in the world, you know, like, babies aren't toxic, you know what I mean, it's really, like, (laughs) everything's gonna be up to you, which is really scary, but if you go into it with, like, open and willing arms and just trying your best, I think that it's just important that you love your kids, you know, like, everyone's gonna fail, and you know, sometimes your situations aren't perfect. Like I had a kid really young. So obviously like things like finances and support and education, like those things kind of had to come at the same time and slowly. And sometimes some failed and sometimes some things got better. And, you know, like there's never going to be a perfect situation, which I think is something that people need to realize, like, you're never going to just have this perfect life. Like, even if you're an adult and you have a good job and you're married, like you can get divorced, lose your job and lose your home. You know, like that is happening right now too, like with the recession and everything. So I think that understanding that just coming down to loving your kids and doing your best to provide for them, like that's going to be everything else that is like seemingly toxic, you know? Yeah. Like making Uh, uh, behavior is good. Like if your behavior as a human is met, like your kid's going to see that in you. And I think that's so important. Yeah, I would like to add to that, like um, teaching them to like cope, how to cope when things don't go so right is uh, one of the best things I believe you can do for them because they 
things aren't going to go as planned, right? Like um, something is always changing, like Tamar said. So if it goes wrong, then you just like take a breather and figure out your next step and go from there. Something that I've always been good at is like being resilient and okay, being optimistic about it. Like this didn't work out. Okay, let me cry about it for like 20 minutes and then move on. Um, I think that's super important to just like learn how to cope. Yeah. Yeah. And Tamara, I feel like a couple of things that you said, just, I felt like you were speaking right to me because like, I, I basically like devoted my life to kids. Like I, I had a kindergarten class and now I'm working in like a, basically like a halfway house for teenagers at like a group home kind of thing. Like I, like I just have just really focused so much on that, but at the same time, I'm so afraid of having a kid for myself for all of those reasons. And I think one of the main reasons being my, my background and feeling like like I was driving down this um, dark country road in the middle of the night. And I was listening to a podcast and these two guys are talking about just this like insane murderous love that they have for their daughters. And then it just made me cry because I was just thinking like, how could I like give a baby a kind of love that like I'm I will never ever know that kind of love receiving it and if I could give that love to a baby like I wonder what that might do to me mentally to to know that I'm forever going to give more than what I might receive so it's like so scary but I mean you guys are pulling it off and you guys seem very happy and you're just so full of like light and just just very sunny people so yeah I appreciate everything that you just said Thank you, Kat. I just want to say, I think that when you, um, when you do have a child, I think you'll be a great mom because you're so kind and understanding and you're a great listener. Um, that's like some of the tools you need. And, uh, like I grew up without that attention to that, um, that love, that nurturing that you, as I grew up, I'm like, like, how can I get this? Even with my siblings, I questioned it a lot. Like, am I being, am I not being gentle enough with them and I'm not giving them enough attention? Um, I, I was at a point where I would like close myself in my room and I was like, am I like doing, is this bad? Is it okay that I take time for myself? And you will question yourself. But when I had my son, like something changed me just that moment when I saw him, like, the next day, um, like the, I thought the, like everyone tells you when you have a new baby that the waking up in the middle of the night, having to feed them every three hours. I don't know how that was for you tomorrow. Like when you had to feed them every three hours, cause they're new, that's like, they had to eat. And I, I was a sleeper before, like I could sleep through an earthquake quake and a rock could fall on me and I'll still be out but like I I woke up every three hours it the second day um I didn't need an alarm it was just like okay time to do this and like I just found that natural routine like it just happened because I knew like deep down I knew I wanted something different for my baby and so like you may not have experienced it but you I believe that you will know how to give it Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Did, did any of you guys want to add anything else before we kind of 
bring it to a close or yeah I, Kat, I think that really so truthfully show with everything you just said like you know the more afraid you are I think that just means you're more ready as when you're ready yeah. <laughs> like I don't know I think that so people really overthink all these things you know like I think it's so hard too with like media telling you what you should and shouldn't do and you know what's right and what's wrong and it really just throws so many mixed messages you know like people I think have a hard time um knowing what they want you know I think that's a huge thing like really knowing what's what they just want for themselves you know without what everyone else is telling them and that's something yeah. that never really happened before and I think it's a blessing you know because you have access to more education and knowledge but it's also you know can sometimes make life seem so much more confusing than it already is so I think that this was such a good conversation to really talk about those things thank you Kat for hosting oh my gosh thank you guys yeah. for coming thank you Kat Thanks for stopping by. To hear more and support our cause, check out fosterreprohealth.org for more resources.